Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Welcome back to Unplugged Hello. Church Edition. We are excited. We're back again. We have an amazing episode yes. coming to you today. We have two amazing leaders. Amazing. Um, and our topic today is saved and singled in the ministry. And they are both powerhouses. Yes. I'm excited about the conversation that we're going to be having today. Absolutely. I know it's just going to be off the chain. Mm -hmm. Definitely, Elder Stacey. We do have two wonderful people that decided to join us today for a saved single, but yet they're still doing the work of the ministry. And we want to dive into that. We want to see what is that like? What are the struggles? How are you overcoming the struggles? Because I know everyone, although some people may want to get married, they may enjoy being single, but either way, we're here to unplug and to have a good soulful conversation. So to Absolutely. my left, I have this wonderful young lady. Her name is co-pastor Victoria Atkins, all the way from South Jersey, New Jersey. And we also have to my right, Pastor Marvin McKinstry Jr. from the, I gotta be that person, the infamous, the one and only <laughs> B-Boy in the house. <laughs> so what we're gonna do, we're just gonna give them each a little moment to introduce themselves. And we also wanna ask a few questions just to dive into. And of course, what we do here, we have soulful conversations. And I know we like to, you know, use the word of God as our base, but we also want to yes. get your opinions. We want to hear from you. So feel free to comment, like, share, and follow us on Instagram and Facebook as well. So co-pastor Victoria, if you could just introduce yourself for me. Hello, I'm Victoria Atkins. Um, I, my secular job is that I'm an accountant. I'm a controller for Cheney University. Yay. And I'm also a co or assistant pastor at Word of Truth International Ministries, also in Camden, New Jersey, okay. where I assist Pastor Carolyn Coleman in um, uh, helping the people in the community work in ministry in our area. We're like a, a, a community-based organization where we actually ha don't have church people in our church. We reach out to the community that's yeah. around us, and that's who we minister to on a, a daily basis or a, or a Sunday basis whenever we meet. And so beside that, I'm a single mother. Oh, yeah. I have two boys. Um, one's 28, one's 13. Mm -hmm. I love them to death, and I think that's my biggest accomplishment. I love them so much. Yeah. And um, that's all about awesome. me. I have a doctorate in theology. I have a master's in nonprofit management, Excuse and I also us. have a bachelor's from Temple University. Come through with the letters, yes. 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 That's who I am. <laughs> that's who I am. Yes. That's who I be. Yes, yes that's awesome. what I do. Awesome. That's all right. My name is Marvin McKinstry Jr. I'm the senior pastor of Victory House Worship Center in Baltimore. Um, I just love people. I love um, community-based work. I work uh, in my vocation in the Mayor's Office of Employment Development in Baltimore, where I'm a workforce supervisor. I supervise a team of six people whose sole purpose in life is to build relationships with businesses that help Baltimore residents um, get better jobs. I'm also the host of The Chop Shop. Um, we emanate on 6 o'clock Thursdays on Facebook Live. You can go to Marvin McKinstry Jr., my Facebook page, and link up with us there. And I'm excited about the opportunity to be here to share my heart and to talk about this topic that I don't think is talked about nearly enough. So I'm excited to be here. Yeah. Man, praise the Absolutely. Wonderful. Well, thank you guys with all the big-time preachers we have with us. I'm just a servant of the Lord. But today we want to discuss something. And we, I invited these two because I know they will keep it real. I know I've been friends with Pastor Marvin for over 15 years and I know anything about him, he's going to be brutally honest regardless. 
of how you feel. And I met, I was, I was about to say Cousin Vicky, I'm sorry. I met um, co-pastor Victoria um, over a girl's trip actually. So this, and we shared and she have a pure heart for God. So the question of the topic of today is, you're saved, you're single. As a leader of the church, just to get through the formalities, I know there's struggles. Do you feel that what you do would be better if you had a mate mm. at all? Or do you feel that God has blessed me? Of course he's blessed you with gifts. You're working, you're doing the calling, you know. I haven't heard anything negative about nobody, but do you feel that a mate? And if so, what do you think that mate can do to help you? Who you want to answer Anyone. Who don't, which one you want to answer? Absolutely. <laughs> I am nowhere operating at the optimal level without a wife. For one, scripture suggests that Adam, who was in the perfect place, mm -hmm. who understood his purpose, which was to have dominion, who had a job, which was to cultivate the land and, and to set order to everything, and who had a relationship with God. The Bible says God hung out with him um, in the cool of the day. But it goes on to say that God looked upon him and he wept sore because there was nobody like him. And he did not feel complete, nor that his assignment can be completed until God put him to sleep, pulled out his rib and gave him a wife. So I don't believe it's possible for a man, especially in this work, to operate at the optimal level that God called him to without the beautiful thing that God called a help meet. Um, so no. I ain't nowhere near where I'm going to be mm -hmm. until God blesses me um, in that way. Okay. Praise the name of the Lord. I tend to agree. I think as a woman in the ministry, a lot of times we're looked down on as mm -hmm. we're single. Mm -hmm. Like we don't gain as much respect I in what we're that. doing because we're mm -hmm. single. Mm -hmm. But it's not because we want to be, well, not me. <laughs> I don't want to be single, right. but that's where God has me right, right now. now. So then I'm just doing the work of the Lord until he finds me. Okay. Amen. I, I, I can understand. I, I been single, I got married later, well over 30. So I've been single in ministry and married. And I can tell you're right about the respect level. It seemed like more, I wanna say, opportunities to minister out or to come help me with an assignment. I don't know if, I don't wanna say people feel safer, cause I know with your single leader, sometimes people think that you're just gonna run through, I don't, you know, old school say run women or, you know, oh, she gonna flirt with my man and stuff like that. Do you but, guys? but there's a whole nother dynamic of it with me being a man that people have a tendency to not look at. I feel completely uncovered all the time. Mm. You know, I mean, I don't think the fat boy is that bad looking, but I draw a lot of attention because for one, I'm a man, I'm a man's man, I'm a masculine man. Mm -hmm. um, and I draw a lot of attention from women and I never know if someone is coming for the work of ministry, God led them there, or if they coming because they want to be the wife. And it is a very, very, very uncovered type of a situation. Um, so not so much safety in the sense of fear of harm, but we do know that there's a certain harm that can be done to your reputation and to your name and, and all of that sort of thing. So there is a, um, a somewhat of what the Bible called a nakedness mm -hmm. without having a wife. And that's one of the things for me um, that is the most trying um, because I want that covering. I want that, that completeness. I want people to be able to know um, that I think people just have a different sense of or they come with a different sense of purpose um, when it's detached from the idea that they're going to be hurt. 
Okay, and so with that being said, since you bring that up, do you find that women come in the church um, and once, you know, once they come to your church, do you find that they pay more attention to you once uh, they learn that you aren't married, that you are a single pastor? Well, they, that's known. So they know before they even come. Um, I remember going back to two years ago, um, we didn't release the announcement about my installation until 30 days before it happened because we were trying to close out some celebrating that we wanted to do for my predecessor. And I remember how my inbox went crazy when the announcement came out that I was going to become a pastor. And I don't want to vilify it because, you know, the idea of being a leader in God's house mm -hmm. presents the, 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 the impression or the opinion that you're probably a good dude and, you know, it's a whole bunch of people. I know better dudes outside the church than a lot of men that come to church. You know, we you got that uh, effeminate thing that goes on heavy in churches. And then you, you, you outside of that, you got men who use the ministry to cover up the fact that they just don't have solid principles in their manhood. I know what it's like to be a dude that don't have no integrity. I've been there, done that. I know what it's like to come in the church after swindling in the world and, and, and bringing that way of being into the church. So it's really just not a lot of good. And, and we don't push in the church for men to just have basic manhood, basic um, getting back to character being the thing. Oh, you, oh, you anointed. You, you, how you, you anointed? You ain't got no character. You ain't got no integrity. You're not an honorable person. You know what I'm saying? And this is the kind of stuff that you see, but you can speak in tongues. You can, you know the, the three points of voice inflection to get the people up on their feet. Come on, man. It's putting on a show. At the core of who I desire to be as a man, is a person that has good integrity, a person that my word is good, that, you know, who I re how I represent God is good, whether I'm in the church or I'm outside the church, you know, and I had to really work to get there because, I, you know, my testimony, I come from the world. You know, I, be I was in the streets heavy, been to prison, sold more dope than a man should be able to walk free after selling. Um, and God did a real work in my life, but it had to work on my character, my integrity, you know, and I tell people all the time, I meet women sometimes and the way that they come at me is in a way um, that could, they desire to wake up something in me that they don't need to wake up. Why you want to wake him up, sis? He not going to marry you. That's all they can all do. Right he not going to marry you. That You wake that beast up, that beast ain't going to marry you. He ain't even going to call it. you tomorrow. Talk you feel what I'm saying? So you got to put the distance there and make sure that I'm doing what I need to do to manage my life. Mm -hmm. Because, yeah, they come. They, they, but they already, they feel like they got good intentions. But like she said, a lot of times they don't even know how to approach you to get the, in, the man with integrity, the honorable man, the man with good character. Mm. Do you God. find it intimidating? I don't find it intimidating, but I think people are intimidated by me. That's okay. okay. So, and then, so they come off a certain way where they're like, what are you here for? Or what are your intentions? Like, mm -hmm. he's, as he said, or they try to put a distance between me and them or who they're trying to protect, who they think I may want. Mm. But that's not what my intentions are. So mm. I think a lot of the times, single people who are not attached to somebody else do intimidate other people because they feel like that you might try to take what they have. Wow. Mm -hmm. That's good. Mm -hmm. That's good. So what is dating like like for you guys? Like, how do you ask somebody out on a date? How do men ask you? Or do you, um, I see you passing my, I've got to drink water for that. But how do you feel <laughs> no, about, like, what's the dating yes. life like? Because, okay, yes, we're 
believers of the Bible, but as you mentioned before, there's a natural flow that happens when you find yourself attracted. Because we still fleshly, we still find people exactly. more attractive than others, and there's nothing wrong with nobody's eyes on here. So how do you date? Uh, dating is very difficult. Okay. Why Being a difficult? Christian woman, there's not a whole lot of places where you can go to meet other Christian mm. men. Okay. Oh, so you're telling me you're not just looking for a man or you're a man of God. OK, right. Mm -hmm. So we have to have standards mm -hmm. and I'm going to tell the truth. Tell the truth, shame the devil. All right, so I don't know a lot of places to go. So I turn to the Internet. Okay. Internet dating. Okay. How's that working for There's you? There's some men, supposedly men of God on there. Mm -hmm. But to me, it seems like they want the same thing that the men in the world want. Wow. And what is that thing? Everybody knows what that is, so I'm not going to say thing. it out loud. Okay. Yeah, that thing. That thing. So they're just cookies. as bad. And a lot of times when Ooh. I find Christian men on there that I do come across, okay. it seems like they're in some kind of competition. I'm not in competition with you. Oh, wow. I'm not. Wow. I'm first, yes, I'm a woman of God, mm -hmm. but first I'm a woman. Mm -hmm. And I desire to have a husband just like everybody else. I'm not competing with you. I don't have to try to prove to you how much I know. I just want to be treated as a woman. Lady, mm -hmm. how is dating life for you? I don't have no desire to date. Okay. <laughs> I dated before. I'm looking for a courtship. Okay. And I know that the base premise for that courtship has to be a sense of agreement. And it's just really difficult to get people to understand that, you know, falling in love and all of that stuff is not God. Mm -hmm. First of all, you ain't never fell nowhere on purpose. Mm -hmm. If I ever fell, I tripped, I stumbled. You know, the Bible talks about the fall being messing up and disobedience. You do not fall on purpose, right? Mm -hmm. and, and coming to a point That's that good. you... You meet people that understand relationship from a purpose-driven standpoint. You know, I want to be able, I don't care how beautiful you are, to look at you and see the purpose, see my purpose in life amplified because I'm going to connect with you. And it's difficult to do that. Not for my eyes, like Job said, I make a covenant with my eyes and not lust after the young girl. But again, there's always a two-party system at play in that you feel what i'm saying so for me um the sense of purpose understanding who you are and understanding what love is the bible tells well we learn historically that agape which is god is love that's what love is we learned that it manifests itself in three forms storge which is the form between a, a parent and a child mentor mentee that upward level of love then you have filio where we get the word philadelphia which is brotherly love and then there's eros where we get the word erotic or romantic mm -hmm. which is the love between a man and a woman mm -hmm. that simply all ties back to the original definition of love which is to desire god's best for someone else finding somebody that um wants to walk with you in that place it's really difficult. And I'm, I'm going to keep it real with myself. Um, that beast that I was talking about, I tell everybody all the time, I'm 46, fully functional, and that is tough. You know what I'm saying? My body works. So no, we ain't laying down, cuddling, watching Netflix. All right. Now. It, it ain't, I, I, listen, I ain't read enough scripture, got enough anointing that we going to lay here beside each other. And who I am as a man ain't going to respond to who you are as a woman Ooh, physically. So you can't really set yourself up. And, <laughs> you know, all of that, because that's really what it is. To me, it's stewardship. Yeah, it's about managing that space of mm -hmm. single to getting to what God's purpose is and sense of marriage. That's a whole nother work of stewardship. 
I got to keep myself until God releases what God has for me mm -hmm. to be in my space. And until he do, I got some work to continue to do on me because I must not be ready. That's right. That's good. That's good. Now, in speaking to that, because the flesh is something, mm. you know, the flesh. And that's why God told us we have to kill it every day. Oh, yes. You know, we have to take authority over it like we would take authority over other, any other enemy. So with that being said, how do you feel like when you are in church and you see a pretty woman or a woman that's, you know, attractive? How would you approach that situation? So I moved away from a lot of that language, the flesh and all of that, because I believe, according to the book, when I read it, it's a natural God-given thing to be attracted to what he gave us when he pulled out Adam's rib and created woman, mm -hmm. right? And it wasn't considered to be a bad thing until Adam responded to God's question of where are you with I covered myself because I'm naked. And God said, who told you that? Mm -hmm. That is not of God. So I don't believe, or I don't embrace that concept of the flesh. The flesh is weak. The flesh is, no. I have a space in life called I'm a single saved man mm. that I have to manage in the purpose that God has me here until God releases me into the new space called husband. So when God releases me into that space, I ain't praying for nothing in me to not work. Okay. I want to still recognize. <laughs> Listen, I'm t when I was young, when I was young, when I was young, I used to people listening to that old language the flesh the flesh god take this desire away from me no mm. but god to take no desire away from me nor the functionality of my 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 physical being mm -hmm. i just need to apply god's system okay. until the time come that i have license from god in marriage to be able to use what he gave me to the glory of God. All righty now here. Bishop Noel Jones said that though. He did. He said, now y'all sitting here, you ask God to take the desire away. Now you asking him to bring it back because you even got married. That's right. Somewhere said, looking for some Viagra or something. Ooh. You know here and asking God. Which, I mean, God can do all things, but exactly. I think you're, I, I definitely understand. Do you have something to add to that or? No, I was no. just going to say, just like, in that, in that space god is trying to help us to get control of our that's being. what i wanted to tell so we have to as you said beat it under subjection we just have to learn how to control, control ourselves that's and that's what a lot of people don't have in their lives so as we walk this walk and we go on our journey yes you'll stumble and fall but it's mm -hmm. all about learning how to control your desires control your your actions and your functions and we talked that's about it. choice earlier right we spoke to that so you're basically saying as well it's a choice that mm -hmm. one has to make that they're going to keep themselves until such time as you find what well, scriptures everything that. about Christendom is a choice this yeah. is a volunteer army God doesn't force that. anybody's hand you know and I thank God for his love and his mercy that even when my choices don't align with him mm -hmm. his mercy is there but Paul was clear should we continue in sin that grace may abound absolutely not mm -hmm. at some point we've got to apply some conviction to yeah. our choice yeah. and the problem comes in because we really don't have a system mm. it's the system that allows us to carry out again mm. if i break that system and we go from the table at the restaurant to the front seat of the car front seat of the car to the couch the couch to the bedroom i didn't already surrendered and gave up well, the scripture we going all the way in. Out, it actually mm. goes into that was First Corinthians seven. We said, "For I would that all men, even as I myself, 
But every man hath his proper gift of God, one after this manner and another after that. I say, therefore, to the unmarried and the widows, it is good for them if they abide even as I. But if they cannot contain, let them marry, for it is better to marry than to burn. So do you believe there is a gift of singleness? Mm. I believe that scripture then created more bad marriages than anything else in the yeah, kingdom of God. Yeah, okay. I, I, I believe agree. a whole bunch of people then took and misappropriated that scripture mm -hmm. and ran out here and got married so and that they could feel the like they had a license to have sex and they married the wrong person. Yeah. I believe God has a process and a system that until now I didn't apply. And before applying this system, I had all kinds of relationships that could not produce what God desired or designed for a relationship to produce. I did it on my terms, not his. But that one right there then made a whole bunch of messes in the church. I do believe that singleness is a gift. Even as my children have, uh, after being a single parent, moved out of my house is giving me the space to be able to do more in ministry. Um, I do believe that while I don't have a wife, there's some other assignments that I can take, but I ain't so in love with those opportunities that I don't want God to go ahead and bless me to have my wife. I would rather not do some of the traveling that I do um, to be able to go home without to purpose. I told you, I don't feel like I, all the great, and God has me doing some amazing things, I don't feel like I'm doing nothing compared to what it's going to be, the you know, when God blesses me with my help me. No, amen. I like that, um, that you mentioned that because I think I actually had a conversation with a friend of mine who was like, I guess because when you're single, sometimes the married life looks great. Right. And okay. sometimes married, like, you don't know, enjoy your singleness sometimes. And they couldn't understand because they want a spouse. And I'm like, well, you don't have to have, as a female, uh, being married is more of, you know, you have to be. The Bible says submission. And I play with the idea of saying, God, I don't think you even have to be in love. I can see how arranged marriages can work according to your role and your understanding. Of course, I get it, but I, me personally, now that I am married, not that I'm not in love with my husband or anything like that, but I can see a partnership, a desire, a role, and the fact of, listen, yes, being in love, seeing butterflies and unicorns is so amazing. However, you ain't gonna see that every day. Exactly. And you still gonna do what you need to do according to scripture. So I can see how that, do I promote it? Do I do that? No, but as far as that desire to please your spouse is strong when you get married. When you're single, like you said, you can rub and run. You don't have that person that says, no, you're not going today. And you're like, oh. <laughs> but I hadn't said, yeah, not today, you're not. Because I know as the head of this house what you're going to do. But as you're single, you can pack up, come on a podcast, you can talk, opposed to a spouse that says, no, you can't. And according to scripture, technically you are. Now, when you follow a man of God who's supposed to be in the spirit, who's supposed to be in that, which, of course, that, I guess that's going to be my question for the married people, that competition when you marry and they <laughs> in both in ministry. ministry. How does that work? But do you feel that to kind of go to the next topic, unequally yoked, 
how does that work for you? Because personally, my husband is the first man that I dated that's been in church. I'm just going to be honest. Because church men to me just did not have. But that was at that, that season in your life. That was. And I was at a place. I wasn't as mature. And actually getting married matured me better. But it was a struggle for me because, as you said, it was a lot of... Um, is it effeminate men that I came across in church? Not you, Marvin, but you know, he was like, oh, I know you ain't talking about me. But you know, there was a lot of men that I had came across. I was like, oh, they gonna be competing with me. If a man look at me, they gonna be like, oh no, he was looking at me, girl. You know, or mm. if there was a man who, <laughs> Ooh, that's you a know, problem. that would be know, a problem. You know, that's a problem. But you know, they have, unfortunately, you know, there's some men who hasn't addressed or have came out of the closet or who have actually said, look, I am this way. This is who I am or this is what I do. So they marry people or they date people or they come across people or people with motives. Right. So I just didn't get involved with it. And at that place, as you pointed out, Elder, I wasn't where I needed to be. <laughs> in Christ yet, but how do you guys feel about being unequally yoked? Because you, you know, I think someone. If you are dating someone or seeing someone who's unequally yoked, he really can't cover you as a mm -hmm. husband. He can't protect you. Yes. He can't protect your spirit. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what's most important. Okay. And sometimes you, a person who's not in the same yoke or below you, I wouldn't say below, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, not below they, you. Yeah, they're not <laughs> below you, but you're not equal either. Well, yeah, you're well, not light spiritually. And dark. Light right. and dark light doesn't and dark. mix. Right. right, it doesn't mix. But sometimes you need somebody who could even be stronger than you, so even that's considered being mm. equally yoked. So I don't think that that is a good analysis. I think when the Bible was talking about being equally yoked, mm -hmm. it's, it's you partnering with somebody who doesn't have the same belief pattern right. that that's you have. So it. I think that's what the, that scripture that's, actually so believes. So when you said belief pattern, is that, like you said, deeper, like you're a co-pastor. Somebody right. who just got saved is right. not going to be. No, your belief pattern is okay. still, okay. his still needs me maturing or hers still needs maturing, mm -hmm. but it even goes deeper than that. Mm -hmm. If someone doesn't believe that Jesus is the son of God and he's a Muslim, that's unequally yoked. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's unequally yes, yoked. Yes, that's right. being unequally yoked. So you yoked. never dated unequally yoked? Or um, I'm not going to say that because okay. <laughs> sometimes, you know, you think you are dating somebody who's the same yoke you as you yeah. mm -hmm. and it turns out he's not. Okay, okay. And then sometimes it could be a turnoff for women who may not have a strong uh, sense of who they are mm -hmm. and they'll be drawn to those who are weaker than them. So they can feel like that they're being, um, they're in control or they're teaching Ooh, them. Oh, but then deep. it can be reverted and he'll be dragging you to where he is. Ooh, that, that's good. That I, I think good. that when we talk about unequally yoke, we have a tendency to over-spiritualize it. Um, we, the, the key word there is not the yoking. Because when you look at the yoke, the yoke is something that was tied around the neck of the oxen so that they can walk together. Mm. Um, and, you know, whoever was controlling them can pull and make sure that they right. move together, mm. um, which is a powerful statement. But when we start talking about equal, I don't particularly think that I got to marry somebody that preaches. Right. I don't particularly think that I got to marry somebody that functions in the church in any way because her call and purpose to my life way me to be to be my wife. Mm -hmm. To you know when we hear that term um um submission in the context of the woman submitting, it doesn't mean what most people right. think that it means. No, it doesn't. The word root word sub 
is the understructure. We see all of this beauty above ground that makes up this building, but there's a foundation under here that allows it to stand. So when he talked about submitting to your husband, he's talking about being the substructure, the thing that undergirds him, the very foundation that helps him to be whatever it is that he needs to be, which really means don't be the obstruction to what I've called the man to be. You be the substructure. You be the thing that supports and holds him up. So if her role is not to grab a microphone and preach to lead prayer, I ain't going to push or force her to do that because her purpose in my life may be the thing that literally supports me and gives me the ability to stand to do thus saith the Lord concerning my life. And if that's who she is, I'm completely okay with that. When we talk about um the scriptures you know i like the practicality of god's word god ain't really deep to me mm-hmm. right he said something that literally should qualify everybody as it pertains to um relationship in any area of life and the simplicity of it will blow you away mm-hmm. he asked this rhetorical question how can any two walk together except they agree Thank you for viewing and listening to Unplugged Church Edition. Remember to subscribe to both Spotify and YouTube. Don't forget, like, follow, and share on Instagram and Facebook. Thank you again for listening to Unplugged Church Edition as we continue to have soulful conversations.